Sunet tune into Black Cyber, the number one, the number one podcast to jumpstart, sustain, and catapult African Americans' career in a cybersecurity. Black Cyber, securing our place in the industry. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Black Cyber Podcast. I'm your host, George McPherson. My guest today is John Sternstein. John Sternstein is the founder and principal of Stern Security, a cybersecurity company headquartered in Raleigh, North Carolina. John is the co-author of the Cisco Press Course titled Security Penetration Testing, The Art of Hacking, Live Lessons. John holds many security certifications, including GAC Penetration Tester, GPN, Certified Information System Security Professional, CISSP, and certified ethical hacker. John Sternstein has been featured, been a featured cybersecurity expert on ABC News, WRAL News, ISSA Journal, Pentest Magazine, and Business North Carolina Magazine. Uh, John, thank you for joining the show today. Welcome to the Black Cyber Podcast. George, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so let's get into the Black Cyber Origins. John, where are you originally from, and who was John Sternstein outside of your career? So, originally from upstate New York, Ithaca, New York. So, grew up there, born and raised. Um, beautiful environment if you've never been there. Lots of gorges, waterfalls. They also have two um, great schools there, Cornell University, Ithaca College. So, they're, they're both there, too. Great place to, to grow up. Um, spent um, you know up until college I, I, I spent my whole life over there um, and outside of school outside of um, growing up over there I mean I'm in Raleigh North Carolina I have wife two kids outside of security seems like security takes up a lot of my life but <laughs> outside <Yeah>. of <laughs> security I, I enjoy playing guitar hanging out with the, with the family Run around with the with the kids, uh, traveling when we can when we're not all in lockdown. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, love running, and so that that's me outside of the security world. Okay, gotcha. Did you say you, you do running, exercising? Yeah. Exercising. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. So I like staying in shape. You know, growing up, I I did cross country and, and track, and just try to keep oh, up yeah. the the running throughout. So. Um. And I'm gonna say it away a little bit. I've I've noticed that a lot of successful security leaders and uh, security people in general, I think uh, working out has a lot to do with mental capacity. And I think yeah. runners, I've seen that a lot with runners, like that, <laughs> that drive they have from running, it just it feeds into what they do. So that's that's good. I gotta yeah. get back. I gotta. I ran a lot in the military. <laughs> I don't run as much anymore. So there you go. Yeah, get get back into it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, John, um, explain how you got into cybersecurity and your different roles throughout your career. Sure. So, I mean, growing up, um, I mean, in, in high school, I remember taking some programming courses and I, I wasn't all that into it then. I remember um, growing up, the thing that kind of got me into security was just 
I remember being in chat rooms back in the day and <laughs> people were posting links on these chat rooms and they'd click on the link and they'd pop up all these windows or kick you off oh, of wow. the internet. And I was just thinking, how in the world are people doing that? So it was just like the early days of hacking where people were just um, messing with each other. And I didn't want to be messed with that way. So I just wanted to really learn how people are doing that so I could protect myself from, from that. And so that's kind of how I started thinking about security. I mean, when I went to school, I, I studied um, uh, computer science in college and they didn't have, this, this was before security was really a big thing. So they didn't have any cybersecurity program. It was just generic computer science. So I remember talking to the chair of the department saying, hey, I really want to get into cybersecurity. There's maybe one network security class that focused on <laughs> encryption and, and some oh, basic yeah. things, but um, nothing nothing really advanced. So um, in college, I convinced them to oh, let me do a directed study on wireless hacking and wireless security. And so um, they gave me college credit for doing my own research on that. And so oh, wow. that, that, that was great. That allowed me to have kind of free reign to study and, and learn about wireless hacking. And so that, that's how I, I started off with that. But I mean, even, even after um, graduating, I mean, there weren't that many security jobs, it's not, not as big as it is today. And so, I mean, I had all sorts of jobs, I guess you're asking about the um, different roles I've had. I mean, I, I started off in college just doing help desk work, um, and that's how I, I started working with the computers. I was getting paid for that, um, moved into desktop support and moved from desktop support to web design. This is all while I was in, in school. And then- Oh, wow, went, okay. Yeah, so they were just jobs that I had when, when I was done studying. I would, <laughs> all right, during the day, I'd have my shift and, and do the work. Um, I did web designs, building, um, building websites for different departments at, at the school. So at least at that time, they had um, uh, a lot of the students were helping build the department websites. And so after I graduated, um, actually, even before I graduated, I had got a, um, an internship at a law firm that actually had an IT department. It was a pretty big law firm. And they did some security work. So I got to help uh, build VPN tunnels and learn a little bit about firewalls. Um, wow. Okay. And then <laughs> after that, um, when I graduated, I ended up um, doing um, server desktop and server administration. And so I, I was doing that, but I really wanted to get into security. Um, at the time, uh, I said there weren't too many security jobs. So remember I was, I was working at the, um, at Cornell University, and I remember I really wanted to get in security, so I kept talking to the. There was a security team actually over there, and I um, kept talking to them and trying to network with them. And <laughs> um, I remember I built a, a snort box, so some of the basic IDS um, oh, yeah. intrusion detection, early stuff. So just messing with it, and I remember I was um, I started sharing all the logs with the security team just saying hey you know <laughs> i'm over here yeah <laughs> yeah yep yeah, yeah. so um still they had a they had a small team and didn't have uh 
didn't have um, room to hire on somebody, but that, that kind of got me going on really wanting to get into security. So I, I um, just self-studied for the um, Security Plus certification, got yep. that. And I, um, I actually was able to, um, my, the, my boss sent me to a certified ethical hacker class. So I did that. And then um, just started applying for jobs. And I actually ended up getting a, an awesome um, security job, entry security job, where there was a financial organization that wanted to build out, they wanted to start the security team, basically. So I was the first engineer oh, wow. hired. And my boss was, was unbelievable. He just sent me to tons of training and um, quickly got me up to speed on lots of different um, aspects of, of security. So um, got to go from, you know, really an entry level person and I got to excel pretty quickly, um, mostly because I mean that um, my boss who's you know, good friends with me today, just trusted trusted my, my passion and kept sending me to, to training and um, trust me to do the, the work and really had good mentors and, um, so I got a lot of certifications and, um, and you know, helped, got to see basically building a security department from the beginning to having, you know, full-blown security infrastructure throughout a company. And so um, once I did that, I, I ended up um, moving on eventually and getting a job as a um, security manager. You know, after doing the engineer and architect, I got manager job just to see that side of the um, uh, I guess the whole organ organization so I moved to a different organization and this was a healthcare organization they basically wanted to um, start do the same thing start the security team and start um, that whole infrastructure and so I got to basically do the a similar thing, build up a organization from a security department from scratch. But at this time I was heading it instead of being the, the engineer. Um, and so got to fill that security officer role in a healthcare organization, which was an amazing experience. And after that um, started Stern Security. Wow, wow. Um, that's a great story. Um, I love the way the the first job you had where they embraced you, saw your potential, sensed you to training. You don't always get that in the industry, but I do want to back up. I'm curious about something. Um, and I see this yeah. in a lot of successful people. I consider myself like I have a lot of drive. Like when I see an opportunity, I know how to kind of seize that opportunity. Yeah. But what I see from a lot of great people in the industry or just people you look at in history, how I'm trying to dissect this, how they actually form their own or engineer their own opportunities. When you said that you talked your college into letting you do research on yeah. wireless hacking, I'm like, wow, like what, what, what gave you that idea? And what, I mean, what drove you to think that I can kind of convince them to do this? Uh, I didn't know it was going to work, um, but I thought, you know, why not? I really wanted to study this. And I thought that, I mean, the, the way I looked at it, the point of being in, in school is to further your knowledge. And 
also further the knowledge of the people around you. This um, wireless hacking wasn't something they were teaching. Um, it wasn't something I learned, but I knew it was going to be something that was going to be big in the future. So I looked at it as an opportunity for both the the school and myself. I could further my education, but also teach the school, you know, show them another aspect of something that people are interested in, something that might be big. And you know, who knows, maybe they can help bring it as part of the, the curriculum. So I figured, hey, I'm going to study this anyways. <laughs> It'd be great if I got credit for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it also have the direction of, you know, really smart people. They could say, you know, John, it's great research. But, you know, if you look into it this way, you might go a little further. So I was really hoping to get that oh, yeah. direction from smart people. And yep. so I figured it was a, a win-win situation over there. And you know, they, they went for it. This is, oh man uh, so and i'm gonna get into the next question but I, i'm still on this subject so <laughs> yeah. this is this is advice for anybody who's watching this podcast that's starting off in college because you hear all the stories where people go through college in cybersecurity and they may not have certs and they get to their you know they're looking for a job they're frustrated and they're like why can't i get in you know just trying to get this is a blueprint i mean don't just coast through college. John was in college. You formed a way to do research, which is big in building experience. It, it sounds like you had about three jobs during your college career, two or three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you formed that into a great internship. So that's what you call maximizing your time in college, just, just bringing it all together. Um, but I'll go ahead and get into the next question. Uh, what industry do you prefer to work in and why? So, I mean, I, right now I work in any, any industry, but I mean, the ones that I guess kind of hit close to home are healthcare and also um, finance. I mean, more specifically credit unions. So, I mean, I've worked in both the credit union and I've worked um, in the large healthcare organization. And I mean, both of those are really interesting industries from both the regulatory standpoint, but also just the types of, um, especially in healthcare, the types of devices that you deal with, um, the types of um, different types of people you work with, whether it's anyone from the executives to the doctors and nurses. I mean, you're gonna interact with all of those when you're enacting any type of security policy. Um, so I, I think those two industries are, are really interesting. And I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to start the um, Stern Security was just to better serve those those two industries. So gotcha. I mean, that's that's really that's really how things got started. Okay. Um, and you, you kind of touched on that. Let's take healthcare and finance, um, break okay. those, separate those what's some of the biggest challenges with each one of those industries? And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what's some yeah. unique challenges with each industry? Sure. So uh, it's just from, uh, I guess, working in both industries, uh, even though I enjoy working in both, they, they really are completely different. I mean, that's one thing I really like oh, yeah. about them. Just to give you a, an example, I mean, in the working in the financial industry, I mean, they've, I think the financial industry really started security before a lot of other industries. I mean, people could really understand why um, intruders would want to take money or break into a- Yeah, that makes you know, sense. <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense. People think about that. But 
for the longest time in healthcare, people would say, I don't know why anyone would want to attack a hospital or something. It makes no sense um, financially. You know, there's there's what kind of money they're going to get out of it, but they didn't um, and think about how things were going to go down, down the road. Um, but so that's one thing that was interesting. I remember working in, um, in the credit union, we would have a policy and say, all right, we're going to move to a new password policy with these kind of characters and executives would say, okay, make it happen. And so it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I remember when I was working in the hospital and I was telling the executive team that, hey, we're going to move from, it was something like, like four character passwords or oh, something wow. to eight character passwords and I was grilled on that really kind <laughs> why would we need yep. to do this? What's the difference between a four character password and an eight character password? You know, what, how long is it going to take to break into these things? So, I mean, I thought it was, that's right. one thing that really got me excited about healthcare. So, oh, this is a challenge. I'm not going to just challenge. listen yep. to everything I, I say. I'm going to have to really, yep. you know, really prove my, my point here. And I, I really in, enjoyed that. So I really enjoyed showing um, individuals why something was important and um, actually it's almost like once you get to the top of that mountain and you accomplish that task, it just felt so much better just knowing that, hey, I did all my research, I proved all my points, I convinced all these people, and finally I, I made it. So even oh, yeah. though it was a lot easier just um, saying, hey, we want to move to this policy and someone would just trust you and just say, great. Um, there was uh, an added bonus when you really had to work for it and then we finally got there and then earned everybody's trust after oh, yeah. that. Yep. So that that's a, a neat area of, of healthcare. I mean and plus you're you're actually dealing with um lives there too. So that's um yep. an added challenge. You know, if, if malware infects the healthcare environment, you know, that could affect some patient lives. And we've seen that in some current um within the last month or two ransomware yep. events that actually did affect people's lives. So um, so both of those environments are, are really interesting, unique in their own ways, but both fascinating to work with from the security standpoint. Gotcha. Um, and I, and I want to call out how you said finance was clear cut. You didn't get too much pushback. And then when you got into healthcare, I just want to highlight, like you said, that uh, accomplishment of, probably two things that you had to work on the communication factor and yeah. dealing with people and personalities, like how you got that pushback, how you had to kind of talk it through with executives, yeah. doctors, um, that that's, I just want to highlight that as a, a big skill. And like you said, you felt, it just felt good to kind of work through that. Yep, exactly. Um, you were a mentor with SANS with SANS in the past. Um, tell yeah. me what moved you to give back to the community in this way. Sure. So when I was asked if I'd be interested in, in teaching, I mean, I, I, I definitely jumped at it. I mean, growing up, I mean, my father was a college professor. Um, I always saw that how he interacted with students and how much they appreciated everything that, you know, he was teaching them. I mean, he was on the mathematics side, um, 
So oh, wow. I figured, yeah. you know, I could, I could do something a, a little bit similar on the, on the security side. And so um, I, I really enjoyed the sand G pen class when, when I, when I took it. And so I figured if there's a way that I could help teach others and, you know, share that same kind of excitement, then I would jump at it. And so, I mean, I got to do the, the SANS mentor program for a little while, met some great people, you know, helped them with their skill sets. Um, and I just think that it's, you, you have to kind of bring things full circle. I mean, I would not have had um, really any of my positions if it wasn't for other people that you know took chances on me and wanted to help teach me. And I think, um, I think you almost have to do the same thing for, <laughs> for other people. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, keep, keep, keep things going. So whether it's SANS or um, other um, community organizations do, I do a lot of work with um, tweens and technology. Um, that's okay. a great um, community organization where they're teaching kids how to code and robotics for kids. And nice, um, nice. those, I, I think it's so important for, for all of us to, to help out others with that. And um and there's no matter what what level in the security field you are or what skills that you have there's always somebody that you could you could help uh, help bring up and help teach and learn whether it's a, another oh, colleague or helping you know kids learn how to do security work <laughs> also so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah how would uh it, it's it's not not always easy because um sometimes we get stuck in our, our styles or heads down on our work, but yeah. um, that just um, doing some of that other community work really, uh, really is fulfilling and also brings up the, you know, everyone around you. So that's, okay. that's definitely important to me. Gotcha. Um, and thank you. Thank you for that, um, for giving back to the community because uh, we really need that. That's, uh, I mean, you can't say any more about just giving back. And I mean, we didn't get here by ourselves. So yep, you know, got to give back. Yeah. Um, I see. So John, the company you own uh, is Stern security. I'm excited about the pen testing arm of it, but describe yep. to us the other services that you offer with uh, Stern security. Yeah. I mean, besides um, pen testing, we also, help out with security strategy and we do virtual CISO services. Um, we, we help with um, some staff augmentation, help with some larger projects. Um, we do uh, risk assessments or HIPAA risk assessments and depending what type of industry you're in. We also do a lot of third-party vendor assessments. Um, we have a product velocity that helps um, helps an organization um, manage their um, increase their cybersecurity maturity and uses different models whether it's um, like NIST or um, HIPAA FFIC or the CIS top 20 or even um, how you do in certain areas with certain um, threat groups with the MITRE attack um, framework um, we we help uh, our, our product helps with um, an organization um, measure up how they're, they're doing in each of these areas. And it also helps, um, helps an organization uh, manage their, their third parties and basically automate the, the vendor risk assessment um, portion. 
So we we do do a lot a lot of different areas of security. Oh, nice, nice. Um, can you describe a typical day for Stern Security? Wow, typical day. There's always always a lot going on. <laughs> um, Say not I mean, an easy we, question to, to kind not, of break down. Not an easy question, but I mean, usually we have some type of security testing engagement going on. So um, part of the team is usually broken away to to working on on that. Um, I mean, for me myself, I mean, I'm usually split between, um, you know, helping with some virtual CISO work, helping out with the a, a pen test, um, also um, working on answering questions for potential customers that are coming in and writing up statements of work. Um, we also have the branch of, of Stern Security that's uh, that are developers, so they're not actually. Um, Security engineers and developers working on our um, our Velocity product. Um, so I mean, we have a lot of lot of different things going on. Uh, also, I mean, the staff augmentation too, helping out with um, um, a lot of different large projects, whether it's um, doing um, smaller some security testing engagements or strategy or. Um, helping out with maybe a two-factor authentication implementation, something like that. So we're um, we're we're always doing a lot of different areas. Of gotcha. Gotcha. In addition to the pen testing work. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of the pen testing, um, do you have a like an interesting or a good story on some uh, some pen testing stories you can share? Yeah, I mean. Over the years, we've done a lot of we've we've had a lot of fun with with pen tests. Um, I mean, we've some of the things that that come to mind. Um, there, I remember one. I mean, it's actually happened on a few bunch of pen tests where <laughs> an organization will say that, "Hey, we want you to here's our external network ranges." want you to test those and we start doing our reconnaissance and we find all these other ranges and we, we mention like hey oh, wow. are these ranges part of your environment too and they it's always the same conversation uh let me get back to you and they come back and say oh yeah those are we didn't they weren't documented or something like that and we we talk about the scope and adjust that and see if they want to include those and when we do i mean is oftentimes those are the most vulnerable systems. They just had no idea these systems oh, yeah. were, were out there. Um, I remember there was this one engagement um, a couple of years back where we got into this one um, system. I mean, it was publicly available. We got into this one system that looked like it was a um, kind of like a, a network training ground, kind of like it, something you'd use if you're studying for your CCNA or something oh, yeah. where, where you can put like a firewall here, a switch here, okay. put a computer here, yep. and you can kind of draw a network diagram. <laughs> but when we were, so we thought it was just something for training, but when we started um, messing with it more, we noticed that you can put an actual computer and connect it to an actual firewall. And they were like actual virtual systems there. And so we thought we thought it was still part of the simulation, but then we noticed that hey, these things are getting real IP addresses, and we realized it's actually putting these systems on the network. <laughs> and so when we we said, oh well, if we could just put a 
Windows 7 box over here and connect it through these, these um, network components, we're able to just create basically a vulnerable machine on their network that we thought was in the simulation was actually on their real environment. And we were able to um, basically break into the internal network and fully compromise the domain by just through a so-called um, simulation. So um, I thought that was one of the more interesting ones that, that haven't seen all that often. Um, and then, I mean, we, we um, also have uh, a lot of, a lot of fun engagements we've done with uh, physical um, penetration testing where um, uh, the physical security guy on our team is really good. And so there's times where, you know, our organization will say, this is the most secure place in our organization. <laughs> Nobody can get in these doors or out. And he's able to just get through the lock within seconds of just oh, seeing wow. the look of their faces. <laughs> it's just... Okay. Uh, just really, really fun. So, I mean, that's uh, those are the, the kind of uh, situations where we're just, I mean, just we have a really good time when we do all the oh, yeah. pen testing engagements and just um, able to take that fun and put it into the report and get it to the, the um, executives or whoever's reading that and make sure they really understand. I, I mean, the whole thing from the attacking to the, documenting is is just um i mean i really enjoy it people on our team really enjoy it oh yeah um now we talked about the glamorous side of of pen testing uh but yeah. you, you described a secret sauce of writing an effective pen test report yeah i mean i think the the pen test report is probably more important than the <laughs> everything else so it, it kind of reminds me of, um, this is back when um, we are doing the um, SANS 560 class. I remember they focused on the report. I remember um, hearing them talk about how, um, how you really needed to get a good report down because no matter how glamorous your, your hacks are, some, the person reading that report is probably not gonna care how awesome it was to break into that machine. Nope. That they're probably not. I mean, you will have technical people reading your report, but the people, the decision makers, the executives, they typically they are not that, and they're not down to that technical level. So you could tell them you did the the coolest hack in the world, but they're gonna just look at it and say, "All right, what what's the financial impact on our organization?" So I think that if you want to make an effective pen test report, you really have to understand your audience and make sure that you're writing that report to your audience. So if, if you're going to have a mixture of executives and technical people reading your report, don't make the entire report technical. You know, you can have your technical section, preferably towards the end or down below, but the upfront um, area that the executives are going to skim through targeted to them very high level and make sure they understand that what you're able to do the financial impact which is really what they're probably going to care most about uh, so make sure that you highlight those in great detail so if somebody's just like an executive just skimming that report they're they're going to see oh wow this thing's going to cost me 50 million dollars if this really happened um, they don't care if you 
broken the one system <laughs> or anything. Oh yeah. So it, just just know your audience. That that's how um that's how I would I would look at it. And another thing I guess on that point is, you know, have writing a good report is a very it's a very interesting skill set. So I mean I've been on a lot of um, interviews and people tend to ask really technical questions, but you rarely hear about how are your writing skills and, and things like that. So I think that's an, another thing when you're even hiring or training individuals, um, their writing skills is that's also a very important part that is often pretty much over overlooked. But at some point, those technical people are going to have to write down what they did. And so oh, yeah. you have to explain how you get from something technical to you know, summarize it in maybe non-technical terms while having the technical details below. That's a that's a skill set that can be learned and should be trained. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, what advice do you have for new pen testers to get better in their craft? I would just keep keep studying. I mean, with any any area of, of security. I mean, you know, you have a lot of certifications <laughs> yeah. here, so. So, I mean, have that thirst for knowledge. Don't just stop at, um, you know, one particular goalpost. Keep keep sending it further, further ahead. And um, I would make sure that you have a home lab and you, you oh, test yeah. things in a safe environment. I mean, nowadays there's tons of sites where you can um, test, um, you know, do pen testing or there's um, virtual machines you could test malware on. I, I would just make sure that you're always studying or reading and constantly learning from other people. I mean, nobody, nobody learns all this on the, on their own. So oh, yeah. um, as long as you have that, that thirst for knowledge and you keep, keep um, setting that post further, that's, I think that's really important. I mean, it, it makes me think of um, there just a couple people that I've seen, in, in, you know, throughout my life. I remember, one time, a long time ago, I was I was listening to a talk by this one guy from VMware, and he was somebody that was not really at the top of his career. I mean, really smart guy, you know, not even in security at all. He's an architect. And I remember him saying, you know, even now, today, he spends at least an hour learning something new. And I was oh, thinking, yeah. wow, this guy, you know, he's at the top of his career, you know, and he, he was saying he still makes an effort every day to take one hour to study something new. Oh, and that, yeah. that kind of really hit me. I said, wow, you know, he's not just relaxing on the knowledge <laughs> that he has, he's continuing to further himself. And I mean, I remember even listening to people like, um, like even Bill Gates, you know, he's obviously at the top of his, <laughs> his career. Oh, yeah. And yep. He is constantly learning something new. And, you know, just hearing that over and over again about um, having that thirst for knowledge. I mean, that's that's how you keep things moving moving forward. So don't don't ever get, get too comfortable. I mean, you'll get outdated really quick, especially in security. It changes oh, yeah. you know, every day. So that, that's what I would say for any any pen tester or anyone else in security, but that probably goes for any career. Gotcha. John, that's great advice. Um, so what are some advice would you give uh, to somebody thinking of starting their own security consultant firm? 
if they if they they kind of built their skills up and well, I don't want to give part an answer, but <laughs> let's let's say they want to start a security uh, consultant firm. How would they go about that, or what do they what should they be thinking about? Yeah, so I would make sure that you do it for the the right reasons. Um, I would make sure that you're you're giving something that is needed in the world or in your in your local environment or your your region. I, I would make sure that you're not motivated by, let's say, just money or something, because you're going to end up making the wrong decisions if, if you do that. And you're not going to be really motivated. I mean, you're only going to be motivated for so long with something like that, and you'll end up getting frustrated. So if you really have a mission that you want to help a certain environment, or you want to solve a certain problem, or you have something that other people have not created yet, I mean, that's a perfect reason to do that. And then also, I mean, nobody does it alone. I mean, sometimes it's it's easy to look at, um, you know, companies and you look at the people who were started it and you assume that it was just them the whole time, just creating this company in their garage or something. <laughs> it, you don't realize that it really does take a, a whole village. It, it takes a, a, a network. It's, it's a lot of work and nobody just um, does it overnight and nobody nobody's an overnight success um oh yeah i mean with the i think with business it seems like a constant battle i mean i've i work more now than i've ever worked in my life (laughs) so it's it's a it's a lot of a lot of stress but i mean i i really enjoy it so i mean just just setting that expectation that it's a it is a lot of work i mean it's um i mean you're basically you're it's not like you have a a stable of paychecks like what you make is uh, what you put into it is what you're gonna get out of it so that's um make sure that you have not only your your network the good mentors you have um probably good cash flow depending on what type of business you're you're starting um make sure that you have all that that lined up and then um you're going to run into failures I've run into a lot of failures but you have to keep pushing forward until you get those successes so don't get don't get frustrated by by that so um I I think that's part of you know having that that mission if you have that goal in mind then you're just going to keep pushing through any failures until you're going to reach that that goal so I would I would make sure people are prepared for that so and I mean having good mentors is going to help you through that also I mean there's oh, yeah. so many times where I've I've um, t- called up some of my mentors and just said hey this is a difficult situation I'm trying <laughs> to figure out how to go through this you know what am I supposed to do and so having surrounding yourself with smart people and people that can help guide you whether or not they're in security or in your field or not I mean that's been incredibly valuable for me and then also just having uh you know, even family-wise, I, I'd say from uh, starting the company, one thing I really was probably overlooked was how much, um, you know, how difficult it would be with with family, um, and just how much time that. I mean, it's really easy to say. I, I mean, I could work twenty hours a day, and I'll still have more work to do. But yeah. um, I don't want 
that to affect the, my, my family life. So I make sure that, you know, at every day at a certain time, I cut things off from the work and I spend time with the wife and kids. And then, you know, I can get up early in the morning when everybody is asleep and work some more. But I mean, oh, yeah. that's one yep. thing that when I started it, I didn't, I didn't really, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but I didn't think, oh, uh, how am I going to schedule time with making sure I, I, I spend that family time and then I could get back to work. I was just thinking about how do I get customers? How do I keep taking care of this work? How do I hire people? I didn't yeah. think, how do I balance the work and personal life? <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I make sure that that's, that's considered too. Um, and um, yeah, you'll, you'll be in a good place getting, uh, you know, thinking about all that, that ahead of time. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, so. uh, the balance is definitely key. <laughs> you want to be happy across the board, just not just happy in security. So yeah, good advice yeah, on that. Right. I mean, there's people I've talked to that um, either just worked a lot or had their own business that worked a lot. And, you know, just over the years, I've had a few people tell me the same thing that, um, that they, some of them at some point in their career focused mostly on, on the work and didn't have that quite balance with the family life. And that, that really caused a lot of struggle later on. So they corrected that and they were just, you know, people told me that early on, Hey, make sure that you, <laughs> you don't oh, make yeah. those, those mistakes. You get that right at a time. So um, that, that was, that's probably some most valuable advice I've, I've been given. And so um, I think for the most part, I've been able to balance that fairly well, but it's always on, on my mind. I mean, at the end of the day, once you re retire, what you're, you're going <laughs> to look at your, your family, you're not going to look at this next um, security challenge necessarily. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, what are your tips on having a meaningful and successful and you probably laid out a lot of those tips already, but uh, your tips on having a meaningful and successful information security career. So I think, yeah, we having, having that, that mission, whether it's a quest for knowledge that you're trying to learn um, and um, giving that back to the community, whether it's, you know, teaching others or even, you know, sharing your research with, with others. I mean, I think that's, th those are some of the things that will really help give, give meaning to your work, whether it's when, when you look back and you see what you've accomplished, it's um, think about not only what, what you've learned, but how you've helped other companies secure their environments, whether you're working in, in a company and just saying, wow, you know, I really helped protect this organization from, from attack or I really helped teach this one person um, this knowledge just having those those things I think that's I, I mean that's the way I, I define su success I, I remember having this conversation with my um, with my pops a while ago I was talking to him I said I know well you've taught all these students you know that's you could <laughs> see the impact that you've done that yeah I remember saying how I've been trying to think about, and this is when I was, I was working, um, um, I guess doing blue team work for an organization. I said, you know, I'm really trying to think about how I've had that impact. Um, and I remember him telling me, he said, he said, you've had a tremendous impact. Think about how you've protected this organization from 
from the tech, how much, um, how many people that's a, that's affected. If this business went under, you know, how many people would be affected by that? So you've helped, you've played a crucial role in that. And that's kind of stuck with, with me just thinking about how every step of your career, how you can do something meaningful and, um, and if you stop there and think about it, then I think that's really how you can how you can define your success. It's not like how much how much money you've made or or anything like that. It's really how much um, how much you've been able to help others, whether it's a company or a person, or you know further our knowledge overall. I think that's how you define success in your spirit career. So never stop learning and never stop um, figuring out how to contribute and and, and help out. I think you'll you'll be fine with that. Oh yeah, yep. Thank you, John. Um, okay, John. The Black Cyber Stage is yours. If if you want people to know where to reach John, where can people reach John Sternstein? Yeah, you could reach me. Uh, I mean, you could come out to our website, sternsecurity.com. You could okay. reach reach out on on there. We have contact information on there. You could reach out to me on on LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on there. Um, you can reach out to me on Twitter. And um, yeah, there's several ways. You know, us security people like staying in the shadows, but we still have our contact information out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, before we wrap up, John, um, do you want to share a little about what you have going on with uh, Stern Security? Any um, new things going on with the company right now? Sure. Well, there's a, there's a few things. Um, some of them I touched on with, with healthcare. I mean, we've done a lot of healthcare research. We have a site called healthcarebreaches.com. So you can go there. It's a executive dashboard that shows breaches and how they're occurring in, in healthcare. So that's really interesting. If you're in uh, healthcare security or you're in healthcare, you can just see how much of an impact um, breaches have had and you look on the on our dashboard you can see last month had the most healthcare breaches out of any other month ever on record so far oh, wow. so um you could analyze analyze those trends on our dashboard and um you know if you find some some interesting facts um share that with others we, we put it out there so people can do their research and take all this data that's out there that was typically in a format that was really hard to analyze and we basically did all the analysis out there so you can dive in you could look at breaches between certain dates and look at the types of breaches that are occurring and view trends so um, i'd encourage you to go out there it's really helpful in any industry um, not only healthcare but i encourage you to go out there and look at it and then share what what you find from there um, we also have our um, velocity product that really helps with cybersecurity maturity so if you have any questions about that, reach out to us. I mean, that's one thing I've realized with um, with all of our engagements, whether it's pen testing or staff augmentation um, or helping out um, large projects, um, security strategies that um, a lot of organizations, they want to do the right thing, but they're not sure where to prioritize their efforts. So um, our Velocity product helps with that, shows you your overall maturity, shows you where you need to prioritize your efforts, and also helps um, pretty much automate the whole um, vendor risk assessment process as well. So if you're interested in that, check it out. And then, you know, if you just ever wanna talk 
security or talk career, you know, I'm, I'm available. You could reach out to me. And then also encourage if people want to really help out in the community. I'd highly recommend um, looking for your local B-Sides group. Um, you know, I work in the B-Sides RDU um, group and help out with, with that. I highly recommend you get involved with that, that type of community. We also have a really good um, ISSA and IC squared um, groups in, in our area. And they're all over the place. So I'd highly recommend getting involved in, in that too. And um, if you're interested in the helping, um, helping up bring the younger generation learning how to code and learn security, highly recommend you check out Tweens and Technology as well. So gotcha. um, reach out with any, any questions. <laughs> hey, great advice, John. And uh, I thank you for coming on the show. Uh, great advice you've given today. Uh, I thank you for stopping by the Block Sopper podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Any Anytime. <laughs> um, if you've enjoyed today's video, you can find many more on our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and type Black Cyber, that's spelled B-O-A-K, to check out our podcast and other content. Thank you, John. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, George. You've been listening to the Black Cyber Podcast, hosted by George McPherson. Securing our place in the industry. Be sure to subscribe to Black Cyber on YouTube and also subscribe to our podcast on all the major podcast networks like Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and many more.